0: Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel, myself, Blair Phillips, will be co hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And so, Brother Daniel, we are in Revelation chapter 19, verse 15, which reads. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And so this is an interesting uh, name of Jesus and revelation of Jesus because this speaks of how he's going to rule the nations for the millennium, Mm -hmm. for the thousand years. That uh, there's going to be a rod of iron involved, and so th- this is direct reference to Psalms two. If I yes, have p- Psalms p- two nine. top of my head, p- Psalms two nine. But why do you think that Jesus, even having you know Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years, Jesus will be ruling on the earth, all of the resurrected saints. Why do you think Jesus would need a rod of iron?
1: Well. If- Okay. Obviously, in this case, Lord of Island represent a autocratic, absolute monarchy, mm-hmm. where uh, he is the king of kings with absolute power. He will rule by decree. Mm-hmm. He is not going to have a democratic system of government, and so in today's world, that is not so uh, acceptable because uh, we have a highly democratic world and we know that the democratic form of government uh... is the most suitable for the human nature in its sinful state in its sinful state because uh, you know absolute power corrupt absolutely and it happened almost a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. even with someone who started with a noble intent and if given absolute power unchecked for extended period of time we will see corruption in power. So because of that observation and uh, how the sinful nature of humanity uh, cannot be trusted with absolute power, the democratic form of government for today uh, society is actually the most suitable, even though it's not the most efficient. Is the best uh, form of government for check and balance. It's actually made and, to go slow. And, and, yeah, and also <laughs> prevent tyranny, uh, the unnecessary tyranny that, that oppress the people without the recourse and the opportunity to undo that tyranny. So, um, But in the case of Jesus Christ, as from Psalms 2, he is the perfect benevolent king mm-hmm. who is sinless, who is without imperfection. So for such a person with, of that nature, mm-hmm. having absolute power for all eternity is not a problem. The best thing Be, for humankind. There's the best thing for humankind because now you have a combination of absolute efficiency along with absolute uh, centralization of power. Mm-hmm. Now, that is really difficult for our our uh, people who live in the 21st century to really uh, understand and identify with because we haven't had have, uh, a good example of absolute monarchy for a long period of time. And the, one, the example that we have are all um, uh, lead to some really bad outcome, terrible, terrible outcome. But this Jesus Christ, who is returning to rule the nation with rod of iron, uh, is actually going to be something that is worth looking for. Now, obviously, if we do not know Jesus, then we say, how can we guarantee that He will rule uh, with righteousness? Now, uh, we have to remember that this is not the first time Jesus has come on the earth. Yes. The first time He came as a lamb. He came as a fully authoritative uh, eternal word, who is the king of kings. He said, for this reason I was born. Pontius Pilate squeezed him and interrogated him and said, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king? And Jesus said, for this reason I was born, to be the king. And later they would put the uh, wood or the sign above his cross and say he's the king of the Jews as a sign of mockery or even as a indictment of treason. Uh, towards Jesus Christ. But He came as a benevolent Lamb of God that gave up His life for the redemption of the nation to redeem us from every tongue, every tribe, every nation. So, the first time He came, He demonstrated the supremacy of His love and mercy and kindness. The second time He came, He still the same Jesus with the supremacy of love, kindness and gentleness and mercy but he's now going to exercise his rightful authority but from the very same nature
0: amen so just uh, read Psalms 2 to give it a little bit more of the framework uh, that Psalms 2 verse 9 I'm going to start in seven it says I will declare the, cle- the I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me you are my son today I have begotten you." Ask of me, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. It seems pretty glorious right now. It's an interaction between the Father and the Son. The Father Mm -hmm. saying to the Son, Ask of me. But then it takes a strange twist for most of us that we want to expect. It says, You shall break them with the rod of iron, and you shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. And we think of Jesus receiving, I mean, this isn't his inheritance. This is the greatest gift the Father can give him. But then the Father is saying, Go break them. And so I think of like the, that Jesus is going to confront the laws, the governments, uh, and the, the governance of land and nations. He's going to confront wickedness within the governments. And I think that's going to be the, the dashing and the breaking with the rod of iron. Well,
1: to many people's surprise, uh, even for those who believe in the millennial kingdom of Christ, it's going to be profoundly peaceful, prosperous and uh, under the rule of Jesus. But there's, it's not without rebellion entirely, even though Satan has been bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. But we know that the moment he was released, he will be released from the thousand-year imprisonment, multitude covers the earth, the breadth of the earth, that will be in the joint rebellion with Satan. Yes. Satan will be leading another rebellion. If there is no rebellion in the hearts of those human being during the millennial how can satan just come out and so many uh, rebellious human being would follow satan so when jesus uh, ruled with the rod of iron dash them into pieces he has still some wickedness and rebellion that he's dealing with
0: during the millennial kingdom i think in order to have peace yeah you're highlighting the the end of the millennial kingdom specifically but also some during and i also think of the right at the beginning we believe that you know jesus is going to do things uh, with supernatural power, but we also believe it's going to be very practical. It's going to take time. So what happens around Jerusalem and Jesus' second coming, with him uh, killing the kings of the earth and and being you know drip, having his robes dipped in blood and confronting Satan and the Antichrist, it's going to take time for that rulership that he's establishing to go to the ends of the earth. I, I think. That's, and
1: also for the kings of the earth who are who survive the period of Jesus' second coming, uh, who have not yet embraced Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who eventually will, I believe many of them will, because they see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with their own eyes and the wisdom of His rule. But there will be some that will actually um, probably have some resistance and because Zechariah uh, 14 implied the fact that some people like for example Egypt in Zechariah 14 they say I won't come up to Jerusalem and if they don't come up there will be no rain for them. Mm-hmm. There seems to be some consequence mm-hmm. that will con- try to convince them
0: to show up at the feast of the tabernacle in Jerusalem. And so back to your original point that Jesus is going to rule as a king not as a democratic He's going to
1: rule as an
0: absolute monarch. Yes. And rule by decree. Yes.
1: And so, and because of his perfect morality and sinless nature and his uh, supremacy of his love, we can trust this absolute monarch because he loved us forever and he paid the price for our redemption with his own life. We're not talking about a ruler that used other people and enslave other people for their own benefit. We're talking about a ruler who once came to lay down his life so that we can have life. Amen. We deserve the punishment of death, but he came to, took, to take the punishment of death in order
0: for us to have eternal life. Amen. That's the king that we want to serve. Hallelujah. Again, as you say in your, in your book so well, let me find the phrase that... Um, However, Jesus' autocratic rule is based on his incorruptible, benevolent love. And that word, benevolence, I don't know, has been and incorruptible.
1: Out to me. It's not just temporary for a while. He's good, and then he get corrupted later. It's impossible for Jesus to be corrupted. So well
0: said. And so, how do we pray this description of Jesus being the one who will rule the nations with a rod of iron? If we know that we're coming to the
1: Jesus who rules the nation with the rod of iron, then we must come to Jesus with a submitted posture, yielded posture. And because we're yielded and submitted, He is Lord and Adonai over us, then every area of our life is coming under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So I want to pray with our audience today that that we may have the, the eyes that see the benevolent, Loving nature of Jesus to the point that our growing faith and trust and hope and love in Him will enable us to surrender our life in entirety to Him. Oh Lord Jesus, I delight in Your Lordship. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Your rule that is forever, and Your wisdom and Your power that covers the earth. Yes. Heaven and earth will fade, but Your word will still remain. No one is worthy to rule more than you, Jesus, because you have laid down your life to redeem us from every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. So, Father, we come before you, and we ask you, O Lord, that as we submit ourselves to you, we will be instrument in your hand to see darkness, wickedness, and the devil flee from our sphere of influence. Thank you, Jesus, for your lordship. You are indeed the Lord of all, the King
0: of kings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul You satisfy my soul you satisfy my soul with your love